Hey everyone, welcome back to the PAL Podcast. Glad you guys came back. Let's get this year started. Let's have a great 2020 and let's get it started with a new PAL Podcast. We have Michael and David Kripe from Whitmore Ace Hardware. Enjoyed the conversation with them and I hope you guys enjoy it too. everybody welcome back to the Powell podcast it's been a while and uh glad you came back if you're listening and looking forward to this one we got the cripes on here why don't you guys tell us about yourselves a little bit well first uh i think mike and i are probably going to talk over each other a lot since there's two of us and we're not near each other so <laughs> uh honored to be here uh, i gotta forewarn you i really have nothing interesting to say though um, that's not true. Pretty, pretty much what we've learned is from you and other retailers. So, <laughs> yeah, right. uh, uh, so what do you want to know about us? Yeah, I want to know. So we got David and Michael Kripe. Uh You guys are the guys that always stand up. Like, which store's been around the longest? Blah blah blah. Oh, it's the Cripes. Here they go, standing up again. How long have you been around? How how old is your store? Eighteen ninety six. So our great-great-grandfather started a small store in Wilmington, Illinois, which is about 60 miles south of Chicago. But the the interesting part of that is, is we actually, our family has kept so much stuff over the generations. We actually have receipts and letterhead and stuff like that from a general store we used to have in that town from like the 1840s, but we don't really claim that. We claim 1896. Uh, you should claim it. Why not? You should claim it. I uh, know, but we've we've claimed 1896 for so long. We can't we can't yeah. adjust the date. And uh, how much merchandise do you have left over from 1896? Oh, merchandise. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 Mango Com report is starting to get rid of some of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I'm sure Dan will be glad to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What you guys? What you tell us about? How did you get involved in the store? Did you grow up doing it? Did you go away to school and like, oh, I'm going to come back and do it? How did you get get involved? You want to start, Mike? Okay. So basically, we both grew up in it. We were, I mean, little kids. Our first job was probably selling Christmas trees this time of year. Um, then after that, we were doing all the stuff, uh, cleaning bathrooms, sweeping floors. Our dad had us at the hardware store all the time. But then once we went to college and we got home, our dad had a pretty good method to try and get us in the business. So he bought some nearby stores that were for sale. And so right out of college, I went and managed a new store for us. And then Dave did the same thing which was really good experience because we got to actually see how it was to manage a store and manage people and deal with customers. Yeah, but I didn't, I didn't think you were going to come into the business for a long time, though. Well, neither did I. But I, uh, my dad had a pretty good way of convincing me to get into it. Michael, what were you doing before? Were you uh, doing, Did you do something outside of the stores for a while before you came uh- back? Yeah, yeah, he had a big job. He was uh, delivering pizzas for Happy Joe's in uh, <laughs> the Quad Cities. <laughs> it was a great lifestyle. I loved it. I mean, it's, it's, amazing. 
Yeah, it's amazing my dad had to pry him away from that to come <laughs> run a family business. Uh, that's great. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, but for me, uh, for David, uh, I I always knew I wanted to come into it. I, I, I don't know why or where to pinpoint it, but, you know, when you're growing up and your dad is having a good time, being able to provide for his family in a way where we grew up in a small town and we got to do things that a lot of our friends didn't get to do. And, and we, we noticed that it, it, it didn't go unnoticed to us. So he said, why wouldn't I want to do that? He had fun at work. He always made it a fun time for his employees. So uh, it was kind of a no brainer for me. Gotcha. Did you do anything before you were came back into it? Uh, I, yes, yes. I was the houseboy at Gamma Phi Beta sorority. That was my, that was my main job outside of the store. What is that? Wait, a houseboy at a sorority? <laughs> so basically, for four years in college, I cleaned dishes four times a week, and I got free food at the sorority. And you got to hang out with the, You got to hang out at a sorority. Yes, yes. And ironically, my wife's sister was in that sorority, but that's not how we met. <laughs> Just totally ironic. Uh, that's funny. Uh, okay, so. Your dad had one store, your family had one store for a long time, and then he tried to bring it back. He bought the two other stores. Is that how it went? Is that? Um, well, if you want me to give you the, the whole full family yes. history? Do it. All right. Do the whole thing. All right. I'm going to hit it at you. From eight, I'm going to start at 1896. I'm not starting at 1847. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So one hardware store, downtown Wilmington, sold everything from – Studebaker cars, which I believe we were the first Studebaker dealer in Illinois. Don't quote me on that, though. We sold John Deere implements, uh, pot belly stoves, everything you could think of. We bought a second store in the 60s in a town in called Mantino, um, roughly 20 minutes away from there. Ran that for 10 years. Closed it up. Don't know why. Never heard the story. And then my grandfather started digging oil wells in southern Illinois, and he hit on a bunch of them. So from that money, he actually started a gas station chain called Miniman Gas Station. Um, And it was basically my dad and my uncle who were in the business together. Uh, my dad helped form the, the gas station chain, and they kind of were at odds with each other. And so my dad said, look, we got we to gotta separate. So my uncle went in one direction with, like, 16 gas stations, and my dad had the one hardware store. Um, so then fast forward to early 90s, we built a store in Braidwood, which was store number two. And then when we came in the business, um, like around 2002, 2003, uh, we bought two stores, and then we ran those for a while. And then in the past four years, we've added on an additional three stores. So we're at seven stores now, all in the south, sub-rural area of Chicago. Gotcha. Did I miss anything, Mike? No, you hit it on the head. I give that spiel at all the orientations, so I should have it down. There you go. Uh, what do you guys love about hardware? Or hardware stores. Well, I love the people. Uh, I love our employees, our staff, 
and then I love our customers. Uh, that's probably the big thing I miss about not managing a store anymore is that daily interaction with customers. It kills me to sit in an office or go to meetings because I know I'm losing that touch with customers, but it's probably my favorite thing that I don't get to do anymore. Is there anything you do, Mike, to to try to get down there and, and like, keep that touch, like, specifically trying to, to do it on purpose, or are you just – is it just gone? Well, it's not gone. I purposely – like, most days when I'm in the office and I've got, you know, piles of computer work like we all do, mm-hmm. I I got to get up from my seat once in a while, and it's just walk the floor and go see and say hi to as many customers as you can, and which is good just to get that feeling back again. But it's also good to see the employees interacting with customers as well. Are they, when, you go down, when you go down on the floor, are you, do they ask questions? Are you like, uh, I don't know, let me call an associate over here, and they'll, they'll tell you what the right answer is? Yeah, yeah, I don't know as much as I used to, that's for sure. But uh, I, I rely on the employees a lot more than I probably should. Wait, it's a funny story. So Mike, Mike is good with – he's good with uh, uh, customers and employees. When we both had our first kid about a year apart from each other, so when he had a kid, he was managing one of our stores, uh, and he got showered with gifts from customers and employees. Uh, and so I saw that, and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Uh, be able to fill the closets with all the clothes that he's getting. I had my kid. I was expecting the same thing. You know how many presents I got? <laughs> Zero. Because <laughs> you're a jerk. I, well, I think I'm a pretty decent dude. <laughs> uh, but I, apparently I don't have the rapport. I guess well, not. I, I will say we both have, as people have gotten to know us, we both have very different styles, which is a good thing. But when I ran a store, my whole goal was to talk to every customer that came in the door, which is pretty much impossible sometimes, but also every employee that's on the floor. I was just very involved in developing relationships. Whereas my brother, when he was operating a store, he was trying to figure out efficiencies, processes, and procedures. And a lot of that didn't give – I mean, he still made relationships, but he had a different take on running a store. So between us – we so have a pretty off, good mix. Yeah, you you offset each other well. That's, yes, for sure. Yeah. For sure. We actually, <laughs> funny, because I'm sorry, I'm getting off topic. Um, uh, Eric Webb came to one of our stores. I, we were doing a PRS or something. He said, my dad at the time was starting to transition out of the business. And he's like, how are you guys going to run this business? He said, well, I don't know what you mean. And he said, well, there's two of you. Generally speaking, there's one person leading the organization. You really have to figure that out. So he put us in charge. He he told us to talk to the Hassey brothers out in California. Um, and so he got us connected with them on a phone call. And, and somewhere in that conversation, they had said, you guys should really do a, a, a disc profile test. So we decided to do it. And it was weirdly eye-opening to me. So my personality is the entrepreneur. Michael's personality is the very polar opposite, which it tells you, and I forgot what it was called, Mike. Do you remember? Uh, diplomat. Diplomat. That's it. That totally hits you. In the, yeah. Uh, anyways, polar opposites, but it said it works best together because you complement each other's strengths and weaknesses. But the one thing I did not know until that was that there's a lot of different personalities out there. Oh, man. And yeah, 
I, I just, you know what, for me, until that point, which was, let's say, 10, 12 years ago, I was like, what, what the heck? Why, why does he not think like me? Why does he make these bonehead decisions? <laughs> and then he, on the opposite end, is like, why is Dave such a jerk all the time? <laughs> <laughs> so ever since then, we have literally not bickered on anything because we kind of just understand each other. That's awesome. Well, yeah. There's probably need, more people need to do that. I've taken those. It's been a while, so I, don't, I can't say what I am. I don't know for sure. Um, what's, uh, what's some unique things about your stores? You guys do anything different or special? Uh, than a standard hardware store, core super hardware, or what do you mean? Uh, just whatever you want. Uh, I, I can tell you right now, every, we, we've seen the video, uh, your, your prom dress drive. Uh, a lot oh, yeah. of people have seen that video. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? Uh, short story is we had a girl, a younger girl named Melissa that was working for us and she was talking to the manager that she can't go to prom and the man, she was sad about it because she just didn't have the money to go to prom. About two days later, she was killed in a car wreck with one of her friends. Um, so that manager took it upon herself. I, we can't take any credit, Mike and I, we just support it. She took it upon herself to say, look, this really affected me. It affected her. She didn't get to do something that's almost a rite of passage for young people going to prom mm -hmm. because it was too expensive. So she started this where she was collecting dresses that were just otherwise sitting in a closet or going to Goodwill. Um, and she would, uh, she would actually charge people $5 for the dresses. And that basically covered a discounted cost to get them clean. And it grew from, I think, the first year they they dressed maybe 25 girls and they got 50 dresses to now. I think, Mike, you're going to have to you're gonna have to correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe we have 2,000 dresses. And last year, how many girls did we outfit? Was it like 400? Yeah, somewhere in that neighborhood. But it, it, there's also now there's jewelry, shoes. There's there's We have the Paul Mitchell Salon coming in to do hair. Uh, we oh, give wow. out two scholarships a year for college to try and promote these girls who are in otherwise a commu community where it's not, not a lot of people go to college in this town. So it promotes that as well. And the cool thing is, I mean, if you look at the, the average price of a dress and let's say it's $500, well, do the math, 400 times five, 400 dresses times $500. If you could do the math for me, I'd appreciate it. That's how much money is left back in the community to be spent on needs instead of dresses. Or on the flip side, there's that many more girls that are going to prom that otherwise wouldn't. And you guys don't make anything off it, right? You're not oh, no, in yeah, it for the no. money. Yeah. No, this actually, it costs us money to put this yeah. thing on, which is okay. It's a really good thing. Right. Well, I mean, but we, we supply tons of labor that we pay our employees to help. Right. And we get tons of volunteers. We do a lot of the advertising for it, blah blah blah. And, yeah, um, I would assume though that your like your people love it though, right? You know, it's probably they a do. great. Like they come back, like it was just what is it about a week or two weeks worth of work or whatever, and yeah. they come back off that and they're like it's just the best to see those yeah. girls how happy exactly. they are. And but, then is it just in the the one town? Or do you have? A, are you doing it in all your stores? Because you got no, we collect. Stores. We sorry, Mike. If I keep talking, we collect, no, I've fine. had I've had a lot of caffeine. 
<laughs> we collected all of our stores, but it's in one community. But we right now there's people that come from all over. For example, uh, the past few years, we get a bunch of people from Chicago. Uh, we had some some of the hospital, like Rush, I think, has sent a few girls down because they have a prom at their hospital. So whenever there's a, a family that can't afford the dress, they come down and get it. Um, so they could, we dress people from all over. Gotcha. That's okay. Again, I want to reiterate. We should not get the credit for it. There's one person in our organization that is so passionate about it. Her name is Lori. She she does a phenomenal job with it. Well, that's good to have good employees, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, anything else you guys do unique in your stores? It's just uh, pretty basic hardware stores all around. I know you're not basic, but. No, we, uh, you've seen, I think you've seen, at one of our stores, we have a pretty good boutique. Yeah, the boutique, yeah. Um, we do that. Uh, we got the inspiration from that from uh, some stores down in Texas, and it was a way to get Mike's wife into our business. She's, and I'll let Mike talk about that. But then the other thing that we do is we do have heavy workwear at one of our store stores, which um, has done well for us. Yeah. So, all right, with Water Street, we were that's our boutique. Open, that's our boutique. We were opening a new store in Mokina. Uh, this this community had had an Ace Hardware years ago, but for certain circumstances, it went away. So the market became open, and we decided to purchase the building that this store was sitting in, and we drew up plans to put in, you know, a normal 10,000-square-foot hardware store. Well, in the meantime, my brother and I went to Texas, and we saw this format of a few hardware stores down there where they had they had boutiques in their hardware store. And when we saw it, we are like, wow, this is awesome. So we came back and we started talking to my wife. I started talking to my wife. And then Dave liked the idea too. Let's see if this could work at our Rokina store. And she started running like demographics and looking at what other stores carried around the area, what uh, the market could hold. And we're like, yeah, we got to do this. So my wife left her really good sales job to come work for my brother and I, and we opened a boutique. And it's I think it's in its third year now. Uh, and fourth, it's fourth. Fourth year. Third it surpassed year. all of our expectations of what it could do, and it's still growing, which is great. Yeah, we were That's hoping great. we were hoping for roughly two hundred and fifty thousand out of it the first year, and I think this year we should do. Hey, uh, I'm going to kill this number, but six hundred thousand. Well, that's not so, too bad. It's uh, a thousand square foot, so that's awesome. it doesn't take up too much room. Yeah, and really good margins too. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I've seen it. It looks really good. I, I like the idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. What are the uh, what's some great customer stories you have that you can tell us, good or bad? Well, all right. I'll I'll go with one here. Uh, our our Mantino store, which is probably my pride and joy because that's the store I managed for so long, they had a like a Google review of this guy who went online and he just berated us. He said the cashiers are just too friendly. The the <laughs> customer service, like oh, the employees, yeah. are always asking him if he needs help, and he's always telling him no. And he said he can't go there anymore because everyone's just too nice. 
And it drove us nuts because that's what we expect. That's what we want at our stores. You want cashiers saying hello, how can we help you? You want all your employees assisting every customer. And here our stores like doing everything we ask and this guy goes online and just berates us for doing our job. Did you comment back to him on there? Well, after we did some research and looked at this guy's reviews of other stores, it, you could tell he just does not like going to friendly places. Yeah, so we, so we looked and we saw some people that responded to some of his reviews and then he would just, I mean, attack them. So we're like, this right. this might be the only review we've never responded to. <laughs> Wait, so I guess the only thing that pops up to my mind, because obviously I'm the guy who doesn't have the rapport with the customers, uh, there's this 90-year-old, when I was managing a store, there's this 90-year-old lady who always used to come in and pinch, you know, my bottom, all that stuff, and she would kind of flirt with me. Did um, you flirt, wait, wait, did you flirt back to, like, get the sale, or did you just, like, ignore it? Oh, yeah, you take what you can get. Yeah. <laughs> so, but there was one time I was, I was so proud of myself because I had gone through a whole bottle of chapstick or a whole tube of chapstick to the bottom and I didn't lose it and none of it fell out or none of it melted. I, it was, obviously, I'm, I'm into big accomplishments. So I was like, wow, I'm going to continue this. Let's do tube number two, like day two on it. She's talking to me, pinching my bottom and I take it out and I'm I'm putting chapstick on my lip and she goes, Oh honey, my lips are so chapped. Can I borrow it? <laughs> what am I supposed to say? So I gave it to her and I had to throw the dang thing away and I almost <laughs> gave up chapstick after that cold turkey. Oh my gosh. I, priorities are different with you and me, I see, but <laughs> uh that's a good story. <laughs> uh how do you guys continue to make yourself better uh, at the store as managers and owners? What is your ownership now? Is your dad still part of it? Yeah. he's. Uh, he and my mom are each 25%. My brother and I are both 25%. Gotcha. So that's the ownership. Um, in terms of how to make myself better? As a leader. As a leader? Yeah. Uh, obviously... I listen to you on your podcast, so that helps. Uh-huh. Yeah, thank you. I'll pay you later. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, the Leadership Freak, I love that every day because it gives a little bit of inspiration in the morning. And really, anything I can get to that people suggest, but there's no real podcast. I, I heard you ask other people that or books that I can recommend in particular. Um, Mike? Uh, I don't – I mean – I'm always trying to improve. That's the goal. Every day, get better. Wake up, try and make that day great. Uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts. It's just, I go to church a lot. Probably my wife says I don't go enough, but I try. <laughs> um, and basically, that's it. Try and be a good dad. Try and be a great person. Yeah. Are so you the guys problem in- for Mike. The yeah, problem for yeah. Mike is uh, none of the leadership books are picture books, so it's, it's way <laughs> beyond him. <laughs> uh, some Dr. Seuss books. Those are pretty good. <laughs> uh, are you guys able to shut it off when you go home, uh, be present at home and not you know, have to worry about the stores and all that? I would say – we're better at it now, or at least I'm better at it. I eight, Four years ago, work was work, 
and then I got home and I kept working. But now yeah. I keep work at work. Yeah, we still get phone calls. There's still like emergency texts and emails you got to deal with. But I think we're at a better place right now as how we manage our business. What what yeah. changed? What, yeah, what changed that you that you got to that point? Like <laughs> kids. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't, couldn't couldn't really focus on work all the time. Right. Oh, I mean, I think Michael put it right. We're better. Like my dad always preached work life balance. He always did the forty to forty five. Came home, and he really wanted that for us. And so we've done the same thing. So we're not this. We're not the retailer that's working sixty to eighty hours a week, which we have done when we opened the store. Open stores, but. I think our goal is to surround us with amazing people that we're just directing, right? So that's what we do. Now, we're good about getting out of the store after 40 hours in a week, but shutting it off at home because both of our wives work in the business is pretty tough. Right. Yeah. Uh, what is, I know we already heard what Mike's wife does. What does your wife do in the business? So my wife came on board as HR. Um and she wears a lot of different hats. The unfortunate part is she's really good at her job, so we just give her more jobs. <laughs> um, so she, I would say her main title is HR. Gotcha. And what kind of what kind of back office or structure do you have? Do you have um, you got HR, but what else do you have going on with seven stores? We're pretty we're pretty lean ish. Um, that way we could pay ourselves more. Um, that's half a joke. Um, there's, there's always, there's always truth in a joke. That's the best jokes. Just a little truth in there. Uh, we have, they're, they're all awesome. So in our, in our office, so let's say the admin portion or the office staff is we have an, uh, AR full-time AR full-time AP. We have, uh, another person similar to my wife who's really good. So we give her a lot of different stuff. So it's really hard to give her a title, but, um, she's more of the executive secretary, data import, HR administrator, you name it. We just call um, her Jill. Yeah, you can just call her Jill. We have a uh, marketing director who does all of our marketing. We have a B2B outside person. Um, we have our delivery driver. Um, and then we have one of our managers who's part-time IT. And then my brother and I kind of fill in the rest. Gotcha. And your, dad, our... and your dad and mom just sit at home and collect a check, huh? Heck yeah. They're living the and life. watch they watch grandkids too. A okay. Lot. So they, they do have to work a little bit. They have to babysit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And what, you both have three? Is that right? Or am I wrong? No, I I, I have three. Mike has three. You have three. I have I have two, have... but gotcha. you never know. A third may be coming at some point. Oh, you got something to announce? Yeah, exactly. A big announcement? No, no big announcement. Not today. (laughs) It could have been huge. It could, um, you know, all our followers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, Let's see. What do you guys think about uh, the changing landscape of ringtail? Uh, We were talking a little bit about your Black Friday before uh, we we got this started. is it something we can continue to stay relevant in as a hardware store? Or is it, I don't know, changing too fast? I, um, I think it all depends. I, I, I think 
with the leadership at ACE, I think we're in a great direction. You know, we're going the right way. Um, we're not obviously first to market. We're really not first to market on anything in terms of ideas. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think there's always a place for us. So if you're asking where do we fit in, I think in the future those – and it, it, we, you've heard this numerous times. Those who aren't going to survive are those who don't have a presence on a bunch of different channels. Obviously, we're migrating to that slowly, but we're migrating to it. Yep. And to a degree, and this might sound naive, we're somewhat insulated on some of our products where people need to get it now, and they have to yeah, come nope. into our store. Now, that could change with same-day delivery or one-hour delivery. Who knows where it's right. going to be in the future, but... Yeah. Do I think there's a, a place for Ace Hardware in the future? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it's there's not, not like, a doubt in my mind. I always go, you know, people aren't going to go on Google or Google, Amazon, uh, to uh, buy a plunger because they need that right away. So. Right. I not, think that we're gonna, I, not that we're going to run a store on plungers either. So. Well, and the thing is, is Mike and I were talking about this the other day. Amazon really set – the expectations for customers, right? So you want to, you want an easy way to shop and you want to get the product fast. They set that expectation. Everyone in retail is following that. So it's not so much Amazon versus everyone else. So if we keep up and we can be an easy place to shop and we can deliver faster, get the product to them fast. I mean, I think as long as we remain top mind awareness, they're going to be coming to us as well as Amazon. I, I don't know. I, just, I think there's a yeah. place for us to answer your question. Yeah. I, I know agree. there is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wait, what do you guys – go ahead, Mike. Hold, hold All right. So in regards to Black Friday, do you guys think that a, as Ace, we're Ace, that we're actually a Black Friday-type store? Or have we, like, migrated away from that? Well, we've already sort of migrated away from it, right? You know, we don't uh, – they don't run just a specific ad on Black Friday. It starts earlier now. Correct. Uh, in, the, in the week. So it's already somewhat happened. Uh, and we had, like in my stores, we had uh, good sales earlier in it. And I think Black Friday is not such a thing as it used to be. It still happens, but it's not such a big deal anymore. Correct. At least not out here. What do you think? No, I agree. Yeah, I'm glad we're we're past the days of trying to come up with all these different promotions and try and buy all this inventory at for nothing and try and sell it for nothing. Right. And then after the sales over, we're stuck with all that inventory that didn't sell. Correct. And then, or if we found something that sold really well, we didn't have enough to meet the demand. Right. But now we've evolved to something where. We have, you know, a good sale. We stick to our strong suit, which is Christmas lights, decorations for this time of year, but then have offers, the coupon offers, which every customer can use whether they have something that they really need right then or not, or whether they're searching something out in particular, they can shop our whole store. So it's gotten better. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's like you said, you know, it's, it's the whole game – buying those, that stuff, buying that stuff, buying it correctly, uh, and then uh, selling it for, like, nothing. So it's, like, it's not a, a game that I think we should be playing in, really. Uh, and a lot of that stuff is technology-wise, too, nowadays. And it isn't necessarily known for technology uh, products. So, 
Um, what do you guys uh, do for your circulars? Are you do you uh, put them in your local newspaper? Do you email them, or what are you doing? Uh, for our circulars, our print circulars, we just distribute whatever the best method is in each one of our markets. So, so some of our markets, yeah, it's different with every store. Some yeah. markets, we use the local newspaper uh, because that newspaper is still really good. We pay a little more to put it in there. But then in other markets, we put it in the marriage mail where it's got all the other flyers in there. Interesting. Um, we're contemplating, but, yeah, we're contemplating yeah. – testing in a market, not throwing out any flyers and seeing, you know, it, it, we'll, we'll do it in a market that has similar volume and similar promotion sales as another one of our stores and just seeing what is the difference because we're not sold on flyers. I'm sure it brings some people in, but not like it used to. So we're contemplating testing that this year. Yep, I agree. That's what I'm – I've been back and forth all fall here trying to decide what I want to do with my marketing uh, this year. So right. flyers. Um, what are, uh, what are some of your favorite stores you've visited that you, uh, enjoy going into? And then it don't necessarily have to be Ace Hardware Retailers, but that's always good since this is an Ace Hardware podcast. Uh, for me, the store Michael referenced before when we were down in Texas was Allspaz. Okay. Um, they have, Where, it, uh, what, what, what city, what town? Oh, in Houston. Houston. Uh, so them and Cypress Ace, they're, I mean, it's just, with all spas, it's a 12,000 square foot store and it's, they have like 10 checkouts. So you can imagine the volume that goes through there. And in that 12,000 square foot store, they have 1200 square foot of boutique carved out. So wow. it's just cool to kind of just see the operation. Uh, Cypress Ace is a cool ace. Um, you know where we visited uh, while we were at the Atlanta show? And it is probably the most unique store that I've ever seen is in town ace in decatur which is just outside of atlanta dave jones and tony uh oh my god his last name is telling me it is one of the most unique stores it's there's there's not one discovery set in the whole store yet they have the product but they set it their own way in their own fashion it's pretty darn cool and sarah you've already interviewed sarah her store is awesome and then uh recently i was in austin texas and I went, we went and saw Breed and & Company, and they've got a unique format where you walk in the store, like the left side is all hardware, but then the right side is all this high-end housewares and decor, and we were kind of blown away by that. But driving around the market and looking, my sister-in-law lives there, driving around, you could see, all right, this is the market for this type of store. I, I'm sure that wouldn't work everywhere, but it was just neat to see a completely different ace than what we're used to seeing. How big a store was that? Uh, nor I would guess ten, eleven thousand square foot. But really? they yeah. dedicated half of it to housewares, basically, yeah. and decor. Now, that's what I love about Ace Hardware's, where I guess it's a co-op model. If you can just do what you want, you make it pretty cool. There's some pretty cool stores out there, that's for sure. Heck yeah. Yeah. Um. Who who should we talk to next on this podcast? Who's somebody we need to interview? Oh, is this is this uh, is this podcast over? That's usually the last question you ask. I'm I'm wrapping it up. Do you, you want to keep going? I mean, we can. Uh, I mean, uh, you can tell I listen to the podcast. Okay, well we're at 42 minutes, but I forgot we talked about five minutes before. So, um, you want me to ask you a different question first? Oh, it's up to you. It's your, it's your baby. No. I was just kidding. 
No, you're not. You want to keep going. <laughs> I, I said I, I I have a lot of caffeine in me right now. So. <laughs> um, oh, here you go. What uh, what other things do you do to be involved in your community uh, outside the the dress thing? Um, we do. Excuse me. I'm looking to see if my son's off the bus. Um, we do something at all of our communities called Dollars for Dogs, which basically we we uh, supply local organizations. I think we limit it 10 organizations per year per store, and we give them hot dogs, buns, condiments. We give them the grill, the propane, table tents, all that stuff. They just have to supply the people and the marketing. And generally speaking, we've raised on the minimum side, if we're providing $100, they provide three hours of labor. They're getting somewhere around 300 to we've raised up to when a tornado came through town. We, I think we raised, was the check for nine grand, Mike? Somewhere around there. Yeah. yeah. Just from this one event. And we, so theoretically, if we fill it up, we do 70 of these a year. So they're just uh, they're just they're just outside cooking hot dogs and raising money, right? Yeah, their organization. We don't do the labor; we just set it up for them. They right. do it, and we get a spike in sales during that time because if it's for a baseball team, all the parents are coming in, so inevitably they're going to come in and shop. Do you guys and turn then, on your? Do you turn your roundup on for those organizations right. that day? No, no, actually we don't, but we do do a local roundup once or twice a year for organizations. Uh, we actually, yesterday, I just cut a check for $3,600 to a local family. Um, and then, Michael, you're, you're, you're the uh, CMN. So, class. yeah. So, CMN's our big, our local CMN hospital, Lurie Children's Hospital. That's our big fundraiser. Um, five years ago, I think we raised $5,000 total for all our stores for the hospital. And this year, we're going to be over 100000 so we've grown a lot in fundraising. But the one of the benefits of that is, like Dave said, we've started doing a lot of local roundups for different causes in each one of our communities, and it's caused us to fundraise I, thousands of dollars. I, I don't even have the number. But because we're focused on our CMN hospital, it's caused us to also focus on our communities and raise a lot more money. And. I mean, as you do more and more of these local things, I would assume you guys feel like the community continues to buy into you more, right? Oh, got oh, it. for sure. It's awesome to see uh, to uh, our marketing director, because I'm not on Facebook. I'm not that cool. Uh, she forwards us <laughs> screenshots of comments that we get uh, from all these events, which is awesome to see. It really gives Mike a big head. Yeah. <laughs> And we all we all know how big it is to start with. <laughs> and then and then you put all that hair on top of it. <laughs> yeah, and a mustache too. And a yeah. mustache. You, you brought the, did you bring the mustache back? Yeah, it's winter time. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> got to got to keep that lip warm. <laughs> uh, what are some of your guys' passions outside of the hardware stores? Golf. Yeah, golf. Golf, family, uh, for me, fitness. Michael, 12-ounce curls. Um, What else? Did you say fitness? Have you been working out, Dave? Heck yeah. Yeah, tell them what you did. What do you mean, what did I do? Yeah, working out. (laughs) What'd you do? Oh, yeah, I blew out my knee. 
and I just doing had what? surgery on it. So, okay, from fitness, and this should not dissuade anybody from working out, I've had three shoulder surgeries and one knee surgery. <laughs> I don't, I'm not so, sure you're doing. I'm not sure you're doing it right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I, my brother is probably 30 pounds heavier because of my surgeries, because it shows him I really never work out. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. Uh, well, that's funny. Uh, well, you guys need to. I told you. I, I sent you the link. You got to come out to Nebraska, to the sand dunes out here, and we got to go play some one of those courses out there. I would love to. Nebraska supposedly has some really good courses. They do. The uh, the Sand Hills out in western, west central Nebraska, it's like Ireland or whatever. Uh, there's some really good courses out there. And you guys can watch me hit a lot of balls into the grass. <laughs> <laughs> that would be worth it alone. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what happens. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. Now we'll wrap it up. Uh so yeah, who, do you have anybody we hey, you think we should talk to? Yeah. Wait, one more burning question. You didn't ask. You asked other people, and I feel like this is something that okay uh, people can learn from is like big mistakes, or I don't know even know what the question was. Okay, yeah. What are some of the biggest mistakes you've made? Uh, two things. That you learned from. Yep. One, uh, we got into a pretty big tax issue. Um, we had, and this isn't something that people can learn from, but it's a forewarrant. It's a it's a warning, I guess. Um, we had taxes. someone we had someone in our office die, and we she kind of had her own system to everything. And one quarter went by where we didn't pay payroll taxes um, and sales tax, and it didn't come to light. Our accountants didn't even catch it. It didn't come to light for five or six years. And what we ended up paying after t- attorney fees accountant fees plus the penalties and interest to the accountants is the equivalent of purchasing two stores. Nice. We had to pay an unbelievable amount. It just snowballed. Uh, wait, but the second thing, which uh, really hit home to us recently is, is when we were at four stores and we grew to store five, I would say we're, we're not financially savvy now, but we're a lot better than we used to be. And at the time it was kind of ignorance, growth by ignorance, um, where we didn't really follow the performa. Um, we kind of just said, hey, we got money in the bank and we want to be in this location. Let's make the best dang store we can do. Mm-hmm. And so the financing part of it, we only financed the portion of buying the building. So everything else was out of cash. And then we, so it kind of hurt us. It put us in a bad cash flow position. Yeah. Then all of you a know, sudden, two, this is a lengthy story, so I'm going to just okay. gonna keep talking. <laughs> um, <laughs> Then the next store came about a year-ish later, and it was five miles down the road. So we had to take care of – we had to do this one, but it was a store in major disrepair. Same thing. We financed buying the business from him. But we had to spend so much money on the project, and that came out of cash flow that basically didn't exist. So it put us in a worse position. So at that point, we said, look, we got to get in a better position Store seven came along. We actually used the performa, built in everything that we were knew we were going to do to this store, financed it accordingly, and our cash flow position today, and we we bought store number seven only eight nine months ago. Our cash flow today is better than it's been in six years. That's good because the growth hurt us at the beginning, yes, but I think financially we overpaid and we didn't finance it correctly. Yeah. So anyways, that 
that to me, I think other people can learn from. Um, and, I, I, and sometimes I would, that question, the answers to those questions, is stuff that mm-hmm. I learn from. Yeah, I'll, I'll make sure I answer. I ask that every time from now on. Uh, Thank but you. I completely agree <laughs> with you. <laughs> you know, we have learned our third store, which we're still, we're, we we have. You know, we've had it for two years. Um, it just hasn't turned around as quick as the other two, right? And so it's definitely taught us how to run a store. You know, for sure. Because you sometimes you just get a store and it just takes off. And you and um, good sales carries all things, right? You know, you don't have to worry about money. You don't have to check this or that, you know, you just got money coming in, no big deal. So this hasn't taken off. So it's like, okay, we got to make sure we're doing everything correct. And I think it's made us better retailers um, by having a store that isn't doing as well, which is uh, good and bad, I guess. <laughs> so thanks for sharing that. Appreciate it. Well, well you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> and I appreciate you guys taking the time to get on here. I know we've been trying to do this for, I don't know, a month and a half. Yeah, sorry, and, uh, Mike's a busy guy. I'm yeah, I know. <laughs> Mike's a tough one. <laughs> uh, one more question. <laughs> Who do you think we should have next on the uh, podcast? Oh, you got you definitely got to have Blake Burgess on. Yeah, he is amazing. He's the worst. Yeah. Uh, Mike, what do you think? I say uh, keep the brothers thing going and uh, do the Nina brothers from Peoria. Oh, the Nina brothers. Yeah. I like that. I like brothers. I'm partial. Sorry. All right. We could, we could, I haven't done, we could talk to the Hassett brothers too. You guys met the those guys. Oh, there you go. So. See, there's so many good people. You can take, you can take this podcast in so many different ways. There's so many good people to talk to. Like I said, before the podcast, we have nothing interesting to say because everything we've got, we've gotten from other people from listening to stuff like this or talking to other people like that. So what you're doing here is awesome, man. Keep it up. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. And like, you know, it's, it's just what I told you. It's just conversation. We're t- telling stories and, uh, and you saying that you have nothing good to say is not true because you have, you guys do lots of really good things. And, uh, I've learned a lot from you too. So, uh, Hey, you know, I, I got a question for you though. Yeah. I thought you and Ryan were breaking up the team and doing individuals. Why? I haven't heard anything from Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> so I I'll, guess in, this, in essence, I'm calling him out right now. You are calling him out. I'll make sure I mention that to him. <laughs> He's supposed to be doing one here sometime soon. All right. You know how it is. You know, you get busy running your storage for some reason. Yeah, so. very, very true. Uh, all right, guys. Appreciate it. We'll talk again. And, uh, We'll see you soon, I think. I don't know. See you in uh, Vegas, right? Vegas, yeah. Right. We'll be there. Vegas, baby. Yeah. yeah, you guys have a good Christmas. Thank you. Right, you you too. too. Thanks, Blake. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.